Today, we're thrilled to welcome Soyla Santos to the In Vino Fab podcast. Soyla is a higher education minister by day and art lecturer by night. She received her BFA in painting and her MFA in Intermedia from the University of Texas at Arlington. Additionally, Soyla is a certified positive psychology practitioner who is a firm believer in the power of creative problem solving. She thrives on art, science, and history. Soyla has many talents as she's a proud mom, artist, podcast junkie, and dinosaur aficionado. Most of all, she believes that every day is an opportunity for greatness. We are so thrilled to have Soyla's energy, creativity, and joy come to the podcast. Hello, Soyla. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you on In Vino Fab Pod. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Soyla is my throwback friend. When I first came to Texas, a uh, friend of a friend on campus introduced me to Soyla Santos. And I was so excited to meet her because she's one creative badass lady that I was looking forward to meeting. So Soyla, we gave an introduction, but for those who may not know you, how would you describe uh, what you've done in the past? If you want to kind of skim or bullet point your resume, where'd you jump to in the work, world of work and life? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of everywhere, <laughs> but I mean, I, in a professional sense, you know, I uh, uh, have spent most of my time with academic advising, uh, academic advising, um, program development is kind of my, my heart and soul. I like uh, moving around. I've worked uh, in different uh, departments, um, whether it was, you know, freshman based or, you know, uh, specifically department based, but it, it, I've just kind of jumped around a little bit. And now I, I work in a, in a, in a place where I get to help everyone finish, which I, I love uh, too. Um, I've definitely kind of stepped away from kind of one-on-ones with students all the time. It's definitely more electronic um, communication, a lot of email, a lot of text messaging, things like that. Um, but I still get to have that satisfaction of, uh, you know, seeing people achieve their dreams. I love that. You're like at the end of the race, like cheering them on as they come through. So, so you have a unique role on campus and an interesting title that I'd love for you to share with our listeners. What the heck you do? Your official title is? Uh, the Associate <laughs> Director of Graduation Help Desk. I was like, maybe I need one. I think I need one of these when I was in school. So tell us what you do. Well, it, that's exactly it. You know, the, the more I do my job, the more I realize like how much, you know, I, I could have helped myself <laughs> when I was going through, uh, through college, both undergrad and graduate. Um, well, the graduation help desk, uh, we actually started from um, the UT um, Austin uh, system, well, the system itself, but UT Austin did it first um, and they had great success. And from that, you know, uh, the systems like Let's let all the UT schools have one. So every every uh, um, system school has one. Uh, we're really lucky. We have two people in our office. There's me and an, an assistant director because um, we, we have a big population. Um, and basically what we do is we co- we try to promote collaboration among different departments. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, students kind of get the run around or go do this, go do that. And unfortunately, um, you know, that, that's what happened, you know, that, that's when they intend to kind of drop out or lose hope. And so I like to think of myself as like a hope, you know, I, I bring back the hope. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I bring back the hope. And, um, you know, I, I work with a lot of kind of key stakeholders um, on campus. Um, you know, sometimes I have to go directly just to certain people we work with you know, our kind of our top tier leadership uh, to get some things done. Um, so for our listeners, so we have some listeners outside of higher ed. So give them some perfect. examples yes. of what hurdles some of your students come to you with. Like they're maybe at their last couple semesters or courses or credit hours. What are some of the issues that you often encounter? 
Well, definitely um, right now, our, our number one is typically, a, you know, financial issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've come up at the end. They're all out of, you know, financial aid. What can we do to help them? Um, uh, other options, you know, other situations were like maybe they miscalculated the credits that they had. And uh, maybe they took something at a community college that actually doesn't transfer in. Um, and then they, and so in their mind, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I'm done. They've applied for graduation, all that good stuff. And uh, then they get that, that email like halfway through the semester that, no, you're not meeting requirements. So, um, you know, they talk with their advisors. Uh, we're, we promoted academic advising completely. Um, but if they can't figure something out with them to help, then they come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, financial issues, uh, credit, um, you know, uh, woes yeah. <laughs> are concerns, um, uh, getting into a class they need as a prereq, um, because, you know, especially things like engineering and nursing, if you don't take things in order, you, you fall behind. And our job is about keeping you on track and graduating in a timely manner. Um, so you don't have to spend more money, more time, things like that. I'm all about, you know, it's just like shopping. Like I like discounts, right? <laughs> so if I can get you, you know, out of here on time, I'm like, it's like discount time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, financial issues, uh, credit issues. Uh, sometimes it's just, um, you know, even just evaluating what's coming in. Um, is it, you know, some things are manual processes and people are flawed. You know, we're human and, and sometimes mistakes are, are made. So it's about us looking at those things and seeing if we can make changes happen. Um, but, you know, within uh, the, the means of our catalog. I think that's great. It's a human-centered approach that we need to do with more yes. of our learners. And I very love case based. Yeah, very case-based. And I love it. This is not the only school. There are other universities and colleges that do this. And I think it is thinking about, well, what are the single barriers, systems, processes, practices that make sense to some staff and faculty but have no understanding from anyone else that's a family member, a student, a learner. Um, I think it's great. You're kind of like the interpreter meets hope meets uh, cheerleader to the end of the finish line. I love that. So exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Sometimes when you, uh, you realize, you know, we're on this side and especially, you know, when you've been doing it for so long, how, how easy you're like, Oh, let me just make this form. It'll be easier for me to do my job. But then you realize that you've created another barrier for, for a student that doesn't know our language, doesn't know the jargon, um, is, is trying to figure out what to do. And it's like, Oh, I have to do this form and I have to do that form. And it's like, you know, it, it just becomes things that, you know, the more things we put in front of them, the less likely, you know, they're, they're just going to feel like this is hopeless. And that is not, not, it's not, not the way I want anybody to think about going to college is like papers, paperwork. <laughs> right. And as um, some may know or may not know, you are very creative in the things you do because you have an art background yourself. So I'm sure you think outside of the box and doodle and draw and paint outside that box as well for a lot of them. So you have another role on campus and you sometimes uh, teach in this area. So do you want to share a little bit of that with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, I've, I've been really lucky. lucky. Um, this is my 10th year um, of teaching here at the university. Um, I teach usually one class in the fall, one in the spring. Um, right now, um, for, this is my second year teaching art appreciation. So it's a Tuesday night class. It's three hours long. Um, so, um, you know, the semesters, you know, it's about, I usually have around 125 students. So it's a big class, uh, people that are non-majors, which is actually something I really love. Um, like my background's in fine arts. I'm a painter. And um, 
I love being able to share, you know, something I care so much about to people that don't know anything about it. Um, so usually by the end of the semester, I have a couple that are like, I'm changing my major. And I'm like, just as long as you're sure. <laughs> but also it's, it's about helping them see the world around them um, and to, to take in, you know, the, the beauty, you know, the beauty that, that surrounds us in, in our everyday lives. Um, so, and I, and I love being in the classroom uh, just because I, it, it helps me. Like I said, in my, my regular kind of day-to-day job, I don't see students one-on-one, uh, not like I used to as an academic advisor. Um, now it's um, mostly email stuff. But in class, you know, I get this whole audience and I get to say, you know, what's interesting to you? What are, you know, when they don't laugh at my memes, I'm like, I guess I'm outdated, you know, so I get to learn more about them as well. And I, and I love it. Um, and it's just, and it's been so important and so crucial to me doing well uh, as, as a, in the graduation help desk, because I get to, you know, like I said, re- there's relating to students, mm-hmm. but then I'm also um, uh, hearing what their concerns are. Like, I get to see that part of it, too. Well, we've moved over to a new uh, learning management system. We went from Blackboard to Canvas this semester. It's been painful for all of us, you know, <laughs> so I get to kind of help them with that, too, and see how they're experiencing new things. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, but, yeah, it helps keep me fresh, I think. helps keep me on my toes um, and thinking, um, because you know that's one of my my favorite my the thing I, I think I hold strongly for myself is my my ability to be a creative thinker, and that just really helps me to to be in the classroom too. So how do you translate your love of maybe fine Baroque arts or history in the Renaissance paintings or um, to a non major who maybe are like I have to take it because it's part of this degree plan or it's an elective I need to take. So how do you get them interested in some of the works and the genres that you're looking at for art? Um, there's lots of different ways, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Some people are really, um, some of the projects that we have are more hands-on. So I do like the, the, one of their favorite ones um, that I, people were like, Oh, I hated it. But then at the end of it, cause they have to write about it. You know, mm-hmm. I all want them to talk about their experience with it, but I make them do a soap sculpture. Oh, um, tell me more. This is, yes, yes. they get a bar of soap and they have to create uh, what's called an in, in the round sculpture. Okay. So you have to be able to look at it from all sides a 360 view, um, and you have to kind of see what it is, you know, be able to tell. I have to be able to get off, you know, the logo of the soap or whatnot. So I make, you know, recommendations, um, what kind of soap to use, some some methods, um, and then they get to choose the kind of tools they want to use for that. Um, and so and they turn that all in online. So I just get pictures of like the before, the during, and then the after. Um, and that's really fun. And uh, one of the, the fun extra fun things I like is that I give them some extra credit if they go to Twitter or they go to Instagram and they use my hashtag, uh, you know, hashtag UTA art 1301. So if you want to see some of their projects, it's I pretty do. fun. Um, but like I said, um, the paragraphs crack me up the most because at the beginning they're like, I was, you know, it's either one way or the other. They were really excited about it. And then it just kept falling apart and they hated it <laughs> or vice versa. You know, they were like, Oh, I didn't want to do this. It took way longer. But at the end I was so proud of what I made. So um, I love 
you know, we have the students that really enjoy the kind of, the kind of kinetic, you know, holding yeah. on to things, hands-on stuff. Um, because some students come in thinking it is an arts class and it's really a little bit of both. It's activity, it's understanding how the processes are done. Um, and then it's also about a little bit about the history. Um, I try not to, 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 uh, to bug them too much about like specific dates it's more about like movements like you were saying like renaissance baroque it's a, as long as you can tell that it was in that time period i feel really good about it um and that they can go off into the world and, and talk to somebody else about it that's great and i'm sure as much as they're like why did I take this course? Like maybe I'll go to a museum or gallery, but it really does inform having more culture and knowledge of exactly. history and art is a big part of it. Oh, P.S. Pro tip. What's the best soap to do? Because I'm, I'm really intrigued by this <laughs> multimodal project that I think is hands-on, tactile, yes, and writing. Yes. So what's the I best recommend, soap? Um, I recommend Ivory mm-hmm. or um, um, which one is it? Um, or uh, Irish Spring. Okay. Those two, I think, work the best. Um, you put it in the microwave for about like increments of like five seconds, maybe depending on how, how you know your microwave works, um, and it'll soften it so that you can carve into it. I like Too it. much though, it starts to billow into like cloud-like like objects. Um, and this is the warning level of the podcast to not break your microwave if you try this at home. So just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love I that. Of, I get a lot of really cute things like little turtles, little fish, little, you know, some of them will go real detailed. And I had one student make like uh, a recreation of Stonehenge. <laughs> so it's, it's great. It's awesome. Like I said, check out the, the hashtag on any kind of, you know, social media and you'll see some really cool stuff. I am definitely adding that hashtag to, and I'm going to go take a look at these now. Um, so you kind of inform and teach and support your students in a multimodal way. It's kind of like uh, what we used to say at academic advising was the Swiss Army on campus, but it's kind of like uh, the term I think of is multi-potentialite. You have so yes. many cool things in your toolbox. Um, and there's a woman and her name is Emily and I'm forgetting her last name, but I'll remember. Oh, Emily Wapnick. So she yes. wrote a book yes. on uh, multi-potentialite. And you remind me of like the <laughs> thing she's talking about is like, it's just not one thing. Why would you just bring one thing into your work when you have so many other cool things you're into? So I think that's great. It, is, it has its up and downs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are the downs then? Because so far, it's, I've seen a lot of ups myself. Because what are some of the downs when you think about your multiple tools and multi-potential aid? Well, it, I think the some of the downs are about, you know, it's like I have a thousand tabs open in my brain all the time. <laughs> I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. Um, and it's really, you know, finding the time. And, and for me, it's, it's, it's having to narrow things down. Um, I'm sure this would be an awesome tool to use in my class. Um, but one of the things, you know, I've really had to work at is making sure that I'm not tailoring my class toward the tool. Mm-hmm. The tool is, is helping me enhance, you know, my, my class. Um, and I think that, you know, when you find something new, you're like, woo, I mean, I want to do this, but you know, I had to remind myself, like, is that going to be beneficial? Um, am I just using it to use it? Am I forcing, you know, forcing something to happen? Because that's just gets frustrating. That gets frustrating for me and for my students. Um, so I just tr- try to find things that I think are going to be easier to transition. And um, that's why I like, um, you know, I do, I always have tabs open. I'm always open to ideas, yeah. but it's, I'm just getting better about filtering them out. I like that. It's like having intentionality. We always say that you put the learning outcome before the thing or the activity. Like, what do you want them to accomplish? And I think having a little focus for us that 
maybe see shiny things all the time and, and bad <laughs> at them. It's not a bad thing for us. So I think that's great. Um, so you do so many cool things. And I was like searching up. I was like, I'm just going to check to make sure what Soil is doing. And I know your Instagram, you post a lot of your creative works and art and you have everything from like dinos to yes. like random things that I love. I was like, I love this cactus card you made before. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck are you creating and making? Cause that's a big part of what you do in your life. So you want to share a little bit of what you're working on or what's getting you excited? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly I, I just have this fascination with, with, with nature and, and natural things. And of course, growing up as a kid, like who didn't love dinosaurs. Right. Um, and then just kind of a little bit later on in life, I would say, probably within the, like the last 10 years, I've kind of fallen back in love with it. And, um, you know, anytime I go to a, a conference uh, for work or whatnot, or if I go to uh, visit a city, there's two things that I do. I always go to an art museum and I always go to the natural history museum. So those are the, you know, two places that I always go. I got to have a t- picture in front of a stegosaurus. Um, and it's just something that I really loved. And I'm just fascinated with, you know, just the anatomy and just the idea that these, these, creatures existed in this world. So um, when I when I start to, to look at those, I, um, I look at um, the skeletal remains, the reconstruction of those things, and, and I recreate those in either paintings, drawings, I, I use watercolor, um, and uh, I've started to do some more kind of printmaking type of things, and that's what, you know, I make cards and, and whatnot. Um, I love, uh, I, I make that stuff, and then I get to go to different art festivals. Um, for me, art is about, um, I'm not so much concerned with, like, the, the big gallery scene. I'm more concerned with, like, kind of the everyday person and being able for, that, you know, for the everyday person to be able to have, like, real art in their homes. Yeah, um, and you're so, part of a few communities. Like that's where yes. you you kind of thrive. And when I think festival, I think of the community, the social aspect of being around others like you that create and make. And um, you're part of a couple of communities and instigated a few, I believe, but not right <laughs> or wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a few communities um, that I'm, I'm part of um, in like the Fort Worth area. There's some artists I, I, I work with in the Dallas area, like in, in um, Deep Ellum. They have a collective there that I've, I've done some work with. And it's, it's really fascinating because I'm typically like the oldest one there deep in Deep Ellum. But <laughs> it's true, the young um, hipsters and myself and Sarah hang out there all the time. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. but, it's, but it's so much fun because I get to just see what's, what's interesting to them, you know? Um, and of course, like I said, they're, they're always drawn to, to dinosaurs because they, like we're all kids at heart, you know? And um, so they, they want to know more about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And, and I get an opportunity to share, you know, some of the things that I've learned over the years, tips, you know, um, I, I'm always happy to kind of, uh, I love constructive criticism, you know, people that are open to that. I think they learn, you know, more about themselves and how to get some things done. Um, but, you know, I've got a, a pretty a, a pretty uh, tight ship that I run when I go to festivals. You know, I have my, all my boxes, all my cart, you know, my, my tent, everything's in and out. I'm within 30 minutes, I'm, I'm set. Um, and that's just from learning from others and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, Cause I've been doing, you know, festivals for at least a decade or so. Right. Um, so, and, and you get to, like I said, there's people from all backgrounds doing all kinds of zany things. And I, and I love being around, um, you know, creative people. Cool. 
Um, I was pretty impressed with, um, you're part of, there's a social, a student affairs uh, community that does art. They kind of tracked on, you all are super creative and it's hashtag SA pro art. And there's a Facebook group and a book, a coloring book and drawing. And there's like, there's so much that you all are kind of contributing to and sharing. I mean, I love our SA pro group. Um, we, we are also uh, this year at Nakata going to be doing uh, a series of creativity labs um, Just to jump in and let you know that Nakata is the professional organization, the global community for academic advising. Yeah. Yes, community of academic advisors. Like I said, I'm, I'm not in a technically an advising role now, but like once you're an advisor, you're kind of always an advisor. So true. Uh, they're my people, and I love um, you know helping them. Uh, like I love the the idea of, of adding this kind of creativity lab. It started from our technology labs mm-hmm. that we did, and it's like to have technology and to do well, like you you have. Have a, there's a sense of creativity that you need. Mm-hmm. So we all, you know, kind of group together and and form this other group because we all realized that we were doing these creative projects on our own and um, like artsy type of things, whether it was drawing uh, while we're sitting or doodling or or stitching or I mean, so it includes a lot of um, you know kind of craft and art type of things, and it's it's really been really fun to see how people kind of express themselves, um, and then how they're doing it in their offices, and how cultivating creativity in your offices, how that can just make your team better, your environment better. It's just, you know, I love creativity. It just, it makes the world a better place. Yeah. P.S. It's not the medium is the message. The medium was just a way to us to share and express ourselves. So sorry, Marshall McLuhan. I have to go against my Canadian fellow (laughs) patriot. Um, No, I think you're right. I love the idea that uh, some of these things emerged out of tech, but it wasn't, it was just because people are congregating and gathering and sharing on the platforms. So there's lots of different visual images. Like I've seen things like printmaking to like things you don't even think you're like, Oh, that is artistic. I like things I haven't thought of on that space. So I think that's really great. Um, the other side of it is cause you have such a great bursting personality, which I didn't realize this till we talked before you have an applied positive psychology certificate. Talk to yes, me a little bit about yes. that. Cause now this explains so much more. So tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's interesting is like, I've always felt like a, a very positive person. Um, I I'm the, I, I see the, 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 the silver lining on everything. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of, you know, being an academic advisor is that I can look at something and I can see that I mean, we can make something happen. It's going to be okay. That's always kind of like my own ongoing like mantra. It's going to be okay. <laughs> um, and then a couple, uh, it's been about three or four years ago. Um, there was a, uh, this conference that, uh, came to, um, to Addison, Addison, Texas. And, um, it was called this, uh, it was like this world positivity, um, what was it called? The International like, Positive Education Network. Neat. IPEN, yeah. And so it came, it was the first time they ever did it. And it was this like two or three day conference, uh, which, you know, right in our, my backyard. So it, it was really exciting. Me and a, a coworker went and it included like keynotes uh, from like Angela Duckworth talking about grit, uh, Sean Akers, the happiness advantage. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. And especially, you know, um, Martin Seligman, who is like the father of, uh, of a positive psychology at Penn State. And uh, he was there talking about flourishing and learned optimism. And I was like, where have you been all my life? Like, where have all of you people? And it was international. So it was like people from all over the world, really uh, tons of people from Australia, tons of, I met some, I had pen pals, all kinds of great things. But every talk I went to, I was like, 
yeah, like I, I'm getting like chills right now, like goosebumps yeah. right now, because I was so, um, so inspired, so motivated. And this was about education. So it was about not just positivity in your everyday life, but it was about how we can include that into education for, you know, K through 12, how we can, in our lifelong learning, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the vendors down in the areas, I love a good exhi- exhibition area, right? Uh, one of the vendors was a, a, a new a new area uh, called the Flourishing Center, and they're located in New York City. And um, they were, you know, talking about the programs that they offered. And they had like a spin the wheel type of thing. No, it was a it was a scratch off. It was a scratch off. And so I grabbed one of the scratches off, and I won a free scholarship to go through their certification program. And so they had it in Dallas, and it was about six months. Uh, We went uh, once a weekend, well, once a month, a weekend, uh, eight days, both, you know, eight hours, both days. And uh, so intensive. Uh, We learned about what's referred to as the PERMA-V model. Okay. Um, for flourishing. Tell tell us a little bit about that. I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a... Each each letter, of course, it's an acronym, right? Mm-hmm. We've got positivity, we've got engagement, we've got relationships, uh, we've got meaning, achievement, um, and then the V is for vitality. Cool. So we cover those those areas, um, but all the while, kind of working on our own personal project. And there was about um, how many were us? About twelve of us in that that first that cohort. So it's a small group, and our instructor was awesome. And we just learned so much m- more about each other. We all came from different walks of life. Um, a couple of us educators. Um, some people were like in business and finance. Uh, we even had a 16-year-old girl uh, who was in a, you know, just a high-achieving academy. Uh, we had a, a former Olympian. Uh, so there was just, cool. it was really an interesting group of people. Uh, but we were all kind of brought together, interested in, in kind of personal and professional growth. And so with that, you know, I just have this this toolkit now that just expanded the way in which I you know, I, I better understood why I was a positive person and why it was stressful for me sometimes to have it all built up and know where to put it. Sure. And so now I have this this toolkit to help me know where to put it and how to share it with others. So it's it was it was life changing, absolutely life changing. That sounds amazing, and what a great win! I love a good vendor uh, swag <laughs> collection. Who doesn't? Uh, more importantly, swag you can actually learn from. It sounds like it really impacted how you operate and think and go about your life, though. So this six months it was intensive. So what? Where are you taking and where? Where do you put the positivity now, Soila? Because you aren't bursting just yet. So where does it? Right, I'm not bursting just yet. Um, I mean, for a long time, I had been thinking about like I, I used to do some some uh, workshops here on campus. Like I did one called about gratitude, mm-hmm. and everybody did. We painted little gratitude rocks. Um, so you know, I try to get people engaged that way. But sometimes it's it's hard, you know, schedules and whatnot. And so um, what I decided to do from there is you know, just recently. This is probably within the last month. I was like, you know what, I'm. I'm going to explode. <laughs> I'm going to explode. I have too much positivity. I want to share it. I want to, I want people to, I want to help people. Um, Cause you see, you know, you know, look at Facebook, social media, people are just sometimes drowning and pain and suffering. And I just wanted to bring some light to them. So I started um, a Facebook page. It's called, you know, daily dose of positivity. Um, 
and I do some some live videos or I just start on a topic. Like I will, uh, I did do one recently, you know, as college was starting for, mm-hmm. for um, new college students and, but mostly for their parents um, and about how change, you know, is good for them, you know, and I, and they're not very long. I think the longest one I've done was maybe 18, 20 minutes. Um, but most of them are within about 10 minutes, five or 10 minutes. Um, I talk about change. I talk about positivity. I talk about purpose in life. Um, and I'm, you know, it's free. It's free to whoever wants to listen, uh, if you need it. And, and it really kind of started cause it started on my own Facebook page and people were just like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you, Soila, for giving this to me. And I'm like, well, maybe I can reach a bigger platform. Maybe there's more people that I can help. Sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, I try to post some things, either an image or um, uh, an article. Or in, and most times, I try to do a live video because um, I think it helps people see, you know, connect. You know, I, I like the idea of connecting with people sure. by hearing my voice and. and hopefully seeing the sincerity. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. We'll definitely share with our listeners because there's no doubt in the garbage we sometimes see online, there's some positivity and they can go and take a look. You don't actually have to be on Facebook to probably see it either. Uh, so you can probably go and check out that page. We'll include a link in our show notes because I love uh, sharing with our listeners things that all the great guests talk about on the podcast. Um, that's Great. Uh, it sounds like you've really kind of found your niche and your like area of channeling creativity meets positivity. Um, so I think that's great. What is something that you often advise others that maybe want to get to know more about uh, the IPEN group or the network or applied positivity? So what are some resources that you might direct people on if they want to learn more about that or how you work in creative life? I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I would definitely suggest, you know, there's, of course, there's lots of things on um, you know, Instagram. I'm a visual person. So I like, I like Instagram. Um, there's definitely um, educators and whatnot at Twitter. If you like the Twitter sphere is your area. There's lots of great um, um, educators and researchers that are out there. I have kind of a, a you know, a list of people there that I follow. Um, but, you know, really, you know, I've also used, you know, um, like Google Scholar. Mm-hmm. So that I'm kind of seeing new things coming through, and I read a lot. I read a, a lot of books. Um, I, I'm a nonfiction person by, you know, by by, by love anyway. I uh, use the app Overdrive mm-hmm. uh, to with my library card, so I have a lot of audio books going all the time. But I'm always trying to pump myself full of, you know, good information, positive information. Um, because not everything sticks, you know, there's not everything I believe completely from one person to the next, but I can always grab something. I love sure. listening to podcasts. I love listening uh, to people, you know, t- talk their hearts, talk their experiences. Um, but I think those are really good places to start, you know. Um, you know, there are definitely some of the, the, the big hitters, you know, if you're interested in the science of it, for sure. Martin Seligman's the 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 key there. Um, like I said. So in thinking about this, are there any books you'd recommend on happiness, science of happiness, or positive psychology for our listeners? It's Brene Brown. Um, yeah, that, those are, that's where I am in life, where I'm, you know, authors, sociologists, you know, those are my people, and they, I get a little starstruck with them. Um, and I just reread uh, Switch uh, by Dan Heath. Right. That's a great book. Um, and I just reread Girl, Wash Your Face. By Rachel Hollis. Yeah, so my co-host recommended that book before, and it's on my library queue. Like you, I love my Libby app. Uh, the li- the library is your best friend, friends. So if we recommend books, go, yes. go visit your local library. 
Absolutely. (laughs) I think that's great. Uh, So girl, wash your face, switch. I haven't read switch. What's, what's that one about? Well, it's it's really interesting because it's about perspective. You know, it's about perspective and how we, uh, we can train our brains. You know, we can train our brains to, um, to do things, um, you know, because it, it's, con- it's this constant thing of people saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so not true. I mean, positive psychology tells that at science, we can, we cre- we can, we can create new paths for our neurons. It's absolutely pos- possible. And so it just kind of talks about ways in which, um, you know, uh, e- even people like public health workers have done it. Uh, lots of good examples in, in the book about how you can make small changes happen. It doesn't always have to be a giant, you know, a, a light switch. It can be sometimes really small things over time that can turn things around for you. Um, so I, I really enjoyed looking at the case studies and things like that that he included uh, to, to really kind of give perspective on how you can change, make big impacts cool. with small changes. It sounds like the book um, Nudge. Have you ever yes, read that I've, one? Yeah. My, 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 uh, my book stand back here too. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it sounds very similar. So, okay. I, I'm interested. I'll add that to my list. Um, so now, is there a story that's been resonating with you lately? Um, I know you're reading some books and you mentioned some podcasts. Is there anything uh-huh. you should be listening to? Or Oh, yeah. Like I said, um, uh, with Girl, Wash Your Face, like Rachel Hollis also has a podcast. Okay. Called, it's called Rise Podcast. Um, and it's really more geared toward people that are business uh, oriented, but it really, I think, resonates with just kind of women in general. She's always speaking you know, to women entrepreneurs and whatnot, but there was a recent one. Um, I think I wrote it down. Let me check. It is um, episode 107. It's called Stop Procrastinating, um, which when I saw that, I was like, maybe I should watch that or listen to that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's telling you not to procrastinate. It's so you not, can't exactly I'm like, it's going it. to it's, it's hit a nerve because, <laughs> you know, for me, you know, as a creative person, I like to, to I'm always thinking about what I can do later on with stuff too. Uh, but, you know, she, it was really interesting because she recorded it um, while sitting in like her bedroom closet. Yeah. She's like, I have to get this out. I have to talk to you. You need to hear this. Like I'm, and she was very passionate about it. And I, I think I really enjoyed, um, and I, I started listening to the podcast because I listened to her book, the, the audio book, and she was on the, was reading it. Okay, you know, good you know, to know. So Maybe I could, I audio could book Okay. Yeah, her, her audio okay. was very passionate. And so when I started listening to this podcast, I was like, she's going to give me some real talk. And so, you know, I'm driving around, or, you know, or whatnot. I'm like, you know, I almost have to like stop the car and like, try not to cry sometimes because I'm like, she's so right. She's, you know, she touches my heart in some ways and, um, you know, she's very straightforward, you know, and in this particular podcast, you know, she's like, you know how to do what you need to do. You need to do it, (laughs) you know? Um, and it's just like, you're not going to live the life that's meant for you if you don't start doing the things that you need to do. And, And I think that that was the, you know, we, she really spoke to me in, in that way because she's like, you know, how you've learned everything mm-hmm. that you need to learn. You've read all the books. You've heard all the podcasts. You're ready. Right. Just do the thing, you know. And, and so that one really has been st- stuck with me over the last few weeks. And I've re-listened to it a couple of times. And every time I'm like, oh, she's 
Right. And um, so it motivates me to kind of get started. Uh, you know, it, it motivated me to finish an article I've been putting off and it motivated me to, to get working on uh, you know, the, the textbook that I'm working on. And I'm like, it lit a fire, you know, under, under me. That's and, great. Um, so no, like you, I would do, I call it productive procrastination though. I, I jump to different projects. So if you've got multiple things going on that you're easy to pop around, but I'm glad that it sounds like she has a good message. I will definitely check out. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. I haven't listened to all of them, but I kind of pick and choose, you know, she's been doing it for years. So it's like, I get to choose which one I'm willing to listen to. <laughs> cool. No, I think that's a great one. to. Some of us might need it, maybe even me. So I'm going to go check it out. Um, so when you're gathering with friends, colleagues, uh, familia, whoever, uh, over a glass of something, is it wine? Is it something else? What's your go-to beverage? My, I, I like wine. I like a white wine. I well, do. Tell I me do. more. Do you have a favorite? Um, well, you know, I don't really have so much a favorite. Um, I think, you know, I've, I, I try something a little bit different each time. Like I'll just go wander through maybe like the wine section. I'm like, sometimes it's about the pretty label. I won't lie. You That's know, okay. I'm an, I'm an artist. I'm like, That's kind of cool looking. You know, they put some money into that. They, you know, they <laughs> their, their, you know the ambiance, the look of it. Um, so I'll, I'll grab something. Um, just recently, we have this really cool little place uh, near campus called uh, um, Urban Alchemy. Okay. And it's like a coffee and wine bar. Yeah. And so I was there for a meeting and um, I'm like looking at the list and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to, and one of the girls, it, what she had, it looked good. Like the color of it looked really mm-hmm. nice. And I'm like, what, do you, what is that? And so I wrote it down because I knew I wouldn't get it right because I'm no uh, wine connoisseur uh, or aficionado. Uh, but it's a Granacha Blanca. Oh. I, um, so it's a, a Spanish white. Mm-hmm. And it's a, the brand was La Miranda uh, Tia. <laughs> very good i think i think you're on it uh, i yeah, think i might have got it <laughs> yeah granacha is the grape um i'm not an aficionado but i like to learn so um some of our past podcasts because i we have sommelier educators because i am not one of those uh so <laughs> i think that's great and anything that tastes good says my yes, yes. sommelier friend it doesn't matter the price it's if it tastes good to you that makes it right. good so Right. Yeah, and I and I liked it because uh, typically sometimes with some of the whites they can get kind of tart, mm-hmm. but this one was not. Like it was, it was, but it wasn't too sweet either. It was like right kind of in the middle enough where you know you're you're drinking and you're not like making weird faces. Yeah, <laughs> afterwards, I, I think a good Spanish wine is a nice. It's a little bit dry, but not too. Yeah, right. Oh, good. I'm gonna yeah. have to check it out. So I'll write that down. And um, is there anything that's coming up on the horizon that you want to share with our listeners? Projects, plans, festivals, uh, things you're working on? Oh, oh my gosh! You know, if oh, wait, I... wait, what about this textbook? What is this textbook? Oh yes, yes, yes. The the textbook. Um, well. For the art appreciation class, um, uh, for me, you know, like I said, in my current role, uh, it's all about removing barriers. And so I, so I started talking, like looking at some, some what other people were doing, and I decided I wanted to try to create a class where um, all the resources were um, open uh, resources, meaning free. And I wanted the students to be able to, to see uh and use materials that weren't going to cost them anything. You know, the, the traditional textbook uh, for this class, I think it ranges, you know, around 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, um, for me, it's an elective class, you know, and it's not something that, 
maybe they want to keep or, um, and then selling books. I, I'm trying to remove a barrier. So I was like, you know what, let me go talk with our library. Um, we have a really great resource there. Um, Michelle Reed is our awesome, like open resource, um, um, superhero. And she, she just talked to me about what I could do and talk to me about, you know, how there's already things that are might be out there that I could use and just modify for my class. So that's what I'm doing. Um, oh. it's a, a book that, um, yeah, that was already created, um, an introduction to art. And so what I'm doing is going in and modifying, um, both subtracting and adding things that make sense to, to the class that I have and the, the structure that we have. Cause I didn't want it to be too far off from what all the other sections were doing. Uh, one of the things that I'm doing that's very different than, um, the other, than the textbook itself and what the other classes are doing is that I've added a chapter on local art. Oh, cool. Um, and that's been the really, a really fun part for me. So it's a brand, whole chapter that I'm writing. And, uh, and I've reached out to a lot of local artists. And I've told them, I'm like, hey, I'm an adjunct. I'm not getting paid for this. I don't have money to give you. Is it okay if I use your images and talk about you in my book? Um, and so I've gotten such great response from that. You know, they're like, heck yeah, I'm in, um, you know, this is an awesome project or, you know, I'm getting a lot of great feedback. I haven't had anyone yet say absolutely not or contact my agent or anything like that. So it's been really nice to know that the, the, the community, the art community is uh, in favor of providing um, art uh, to, to the masses. I think that's great. I'm and excited. so Soila is not uncommon. Like we've had other guests talk about open educational resources, OER like you and creative commons and sharing it. So Kelsey Merkley talked about creative commons on a past podcast. She created yes. an awesome coloring book. So we'll link to that. My and favorite. then our science friend did OER in science. So welcome to the OER club. And so I love it. Stuff. I love it. Um, I'm so passionate about it. I'm like, you guys are, an- it's another group of people that I'm like, Yes. Yeah, uh, if you if you need to know more, honestly, if you're at a campus, visit your local librarian. They will be a great resource for you. Um, a plug. I don't know where you got your textbook from, but I will plug the Open Textbook uh, Network out of Minnesota. So they've got open access library. Their books are peer reviewed. Like I've reviewed a couple of their peer their books before as an instructor. Awesome. Um, so I'll plug that and put that in the show notes for friends of the pod. Um, but. I want it. Do you have uh, yours finished? Will you be finished your textbook well, a little bit? This semester it's in pilot. Okay. So it's under construction. All right. That's good. <laughs> um, and we plan to have it ready for publishing in January. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, we would love to hear how it goes. And we'll I'll be happy to share with listeners of the pod when it's finished because I'm sure there are other art instructors out there and others who want to learn about art maybe as well with this resource. Well, and that was an interesting thing. I just, it was hard to find art materials. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know why. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's hard to find imagery, you know, that's you, you know, instead of just going to the public domain all the time, um, you know, so being able to reach, like I said, reaching out to my community and them saying yes, huge thing to be able to put contemporary art in a, in a textbook and not have to pay for those things. I think that's great. Yeah, we have to think about how we share our work a bit more. And um, I think I'm learning a lot more of the creative commons and where the open licensing, like what kind of art galleries are out there. And yeah. you're right, it's not always easy. Um, but I'm happy to happy to have that conversation with you anytime too offline. So awesome. to about that. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, before we wrap up, is there anything bringing you joy these days or making you smile that you want to share with our listeners? Man, um, I was uh, I was thinking about this yesterday and you know I, I tried to find joy in everything you know 
you know, the simple stuff. Uh, but recently I've actually, uh, I had this new ho- hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to, uh, to, uh, accumulate plants. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah. I've become kind of a plant mom, um, which is the funniest thing to me because never in my whole life growing up that I ever would ever, ever think that I would be someone that cares so much about plants. Um, and I mean, you could see my, 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 my lawn and it's just like, eh, <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> or anything like that. But I've started to, you know, accumulate this love of, of plants. Um, I was trying to find this, kind of create this little kind of oasis, this little paradise in my own home. Love you know? it. And so I started, and, I, and I'm really fascinated with like the leaves. I'm like, I'm not usually one for like flowering plants. Like it's the leaves, the leaves, this, this greenness or their shapes and their size. So I'm in there. I'm so I'm more drawn to like more tropical type of things, but also like succulents, you know, uh, but I've accumulated so many plants. I have these huge ferns. I have these, these beautiful monsteras. Um, and that's been like my kind of go-to every day. I go home from work. I go let the dogs out. I go talk to my plants. You know, I water them. I, um, I, I missed them. I have my little spray bottle. I love I it. I have my little sponge to clean their leaves <laughs> off if I need to. Um, and then I just sit there and just look, look at them <laughs> like it's a it's a weird thing that I'm doing now um but I'm sure lots of people do it and I and I get it now I get it why people do it it is so calming and relaxing at the end of the day and I love them <laughs> I love it your little green babies uh we can exactly. find them and others on Instagram I'm sure yes and uh I think it's great to find joy in like nurturing something else like the greenery because that's making you smile so that's great yes. Yes, yes. Well, Soila, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And the Invino Fab listeners have a wealth of good things we're going to share with them. And we'll leave them their, your contact details as well on where they can find you on the webs, on the interwebs and the socials. And please come back anytime you want to share and give an opinion about something and share what you're working on. We're happy to have you back on the pod. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Sweet. Until next time. Cheers. Oh.